okay then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's Sports Station. We are live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke show. And Wolf, I'm just looking at the show sheet, going through the show meeting. This is going to be one of those shows where I feel like we have like seven hours worth of show to jam into four hours. Man, I love that, though. You know what? That's an optimist. That's the optimist in you coming out right there, right? Because well, we're going to go in and we're going to jam it. We're going to do it. You tell um, me how optimistic I sound four hours from now about some of the stuff we're talking about. No, I am all <laughs> jacked up right now because it is Wednesday, and you know that is a huge game plan day. There's no doubt about it. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals offense? What are you going to do about it? I cannot wait to see what happens coming up this weekend, of course, in Carolina and what they're going to do about it. But we have other news, do we? Well, not? yeah, we, we got to start with the Suns because we didn't have the Monty Williams audio yesterday when our show ended. He was just getting ready to speak. And so we had the Aiton stuff. And since, um, I, I mean, I feel like we played most of that yesterday. Aiton saying, you know, I haven't spoke to Monty Williams. Um, here, I'll, I'll replay that cut. What are you going to do about it, DA? Uh, hopefully speak to Monty Williams. I haven't spoken to Monty now, uh, Monty Williams, yesterday, he was asked, okay, is not speaking with Aiton something that has to be addressed? No, I, I think I haven't talked to a bunch of our guys. Um, as I said earlier this summer, like they, they needed a break from me, the gym. Um, unless you were in the gym like every day. I've had interactions with everybody, but talking to guys about deep stuff, there's a number of guys I haven't talked to. All right, you know I like Monty Williams. <laughs> there's no coach I would rather have for the Phoenix Suns. I don't think I've wavered on that in the entire time he's been here, honestly. For the different the yeah. different places he was in his evolution as a coach and the different places this team was over the time since uh, he got here. This may be intentional. We're going to get into that. But if it's not intentional, man, that's a huge oversight. Um, not talking to Devin yeah. Booker is a little bit different than not talking to the guy that everybody was wondering if there was an issue with at the end of the season. A guy that almost got traded. A guy that clearly was going to f- have feelings about this. A guy that at his immediate day press conference on Wednesday made it sound like he wasn't even sure he was still here and still part of the team. <laughs> if you're not talking to him, Monty, I'm assuming there's a reason behind that. Okay, listen, the theme of the show is what are you going to do about it? That is the theme of this Wolf and Luke show right here. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it, DeAndre Ayton? You want to shock DA? You want to get his attention and make him think about his sometimes soft, sometimes passive style of play? This is exactly how you're going to treat him. This is it right here. You're going to go ahead and get into a, a bit of a tiff. That's what I, I'm going to use the word tip. tip well, that's what I'm going to use okay. right there. And then all of a sudden, you don't talk to him. And you don't talk to him the entire offseason. You don't do it. Why are you doing this, man? Why are you doing this? This is this has got to be orchestrated. It's got to be part of the plan, in my opinion. And I could be absolutely wrong on that, but I don't think I am. It's the only thing that makes sense. Where's James Jones? Where's Chris Paul? 
Where's Devin Booker? Why aren't they writing this wrong? Oh, wait. Maybe, maybe this was the plan all along. Boy, it, you know, that's, I'm not going to rule that out. That's risky. I, I, uh, let me, let me, no other answer. let me go down the sidebar first before we go any deeper into this. The, the amount of people that don't believe this is anything, that don't believe it's a story is higher than I would have expected. If you're telling me this isn't anything, and I'm not saying Monty Williams saying, oh, I didn't realize he was going to be upset. You know, maybe he'll talk to him. Maybe this gets taken care of. Like I said yesterday, this could get <laughs> taken care of before the start of the season. Or maybe like you're saying, it's it was intentionally done and they want to see how this plays out. If you don't think this is a story, go watch the video of DeAndre Ayton yesterday and tell me Thank he doesn't you. think it's a story. Thank because you. if DA thinks it's a, an issue, it's an issue. Thank you. That's exactly what you got to do. You got to go back and you got to look at that media day press conference by DeAndre Ayton right there because it is so telling the way he feels right now. You and I both were were at a loss as to why this was happening. Um, there is the jovial DeAndre Ayton, and then there's what we saw. And to me, again, he's been up and down from time to time, of course, like any human being. Sometimes you have a bad day. I think everybody can relate to that. Mm-hmm. You have a bad day and you're just not upbeat. Well, the same thing happens to DA. But to see him sitting there and answering the questions the way that he was on media day was so confounding and confusing. And now all of a sudden it makes absolutely perfect sense. He was acting like he wasn't part of the team. It was easy to write it off on Wednesday, and and I couldn't. But I, I understood the people that were like, okay, yeah, he's either just having a bad day or he doesn't like the media. But if you look at him yesterday when he's telling you what's bothering him, if you're looking at that and you're saying, no, it's not an issue. You guys are making a story out of nothing. Well, yeah, nothing's ever an issue. That's why we have so many titles in this town, right? Nothing's ever an issue. This is an issue. Now, maybe it's intentional. But this is this definitely something being done to rile D.A. up, whether Monty meant to do it or not. D.A., he looks a lot different than he did the last few years. <laughs> There's no way around that. It's just incredible right now to say that, that this is an issue. This was this had to be intentional, in my opinion. It does. I think it's a last ditch effort. I uh, Basin earnings, heed my words and hear me well on this. I could be absolutely out of my gourd. <laughs> Don't pull I'm that. Listening. Do not pull that command and control. Do not do it. But I am the grassy knoll once again. There is no other explanation for a player-coach relationship that had the kind of running they did that it was internal at, at Game 7. And suddenly, you don't talk to him the entire offseason. And he, oh, by the way, was extended. And you paid him $133 million. You didn't give him a call? You didn't pick it up? That's the thing. I just want you to know, I'm so happy you're here, big guy. How do you not just say, like, look, man, I know you've had some ups and downs. I know you've had to take a lot of criticism. You've also done a lot for our team. I'm happy for you. You just got a max deal. Man, don't tell me that. Don't tell me it's not intentional. Why? Here's, that is the question right now. Why? Here's here's where I'll because go with this. Because you think it's the only way to reach him. That's why. I'm willing to believe it's intentional. And this, honestly, Wolf, this is how I'm going to watch this play out. If this gets resolved before the start of the season, because I do think it is a, an easy resolution if everybody wants to get it resolved. I don't think this is like some fractured relationship that can't DA's be fixed. a good dude. DA's a good dude, and Monty Williams, it, it, like I said, is is the only coach I would want for this team right now. 
So if if it was just an oversight, miscommunication, whatever, it will be resolved by the start of the season. If it isn't resolved by the start of the season, then I tend to believe you're right and it's intentional to see what you can pull out of DA and maybe it's a last ditch effort. And if you can't pull out of him what you want, then you can trade him after January 15th. You just got a guy you gave $133 million and you thought it was an oversight that you didn't even talk to the guy. You didn't even talk to him in the offseason at all, especially after you had a... Who knows what happened? Who knows how bad the tiff was? <laughs> All right, in Game 7. Who knows? Um, But that doesn't happen as an oversight. Oh, I, I, you know what? It slipped my mind that I... Oh, D.A.? I, oh, oh, yeah, he's on. Yeah, I remember him. DeAndre, yeah, we used to Come hang on, out. We used to, I used to coach his basketball team. What was, no. Oh, the Phoenix Suns, yeah. It wasn't like rec league basketball. So once again, um, January 15th looms, right? Like January 15th. Why do you think that looms, Luke? Why do you well, think January 15th? If you're going to pull eight. me down your conspiracy theory path here, <laughs> uh, it looms because you're either going to... And, and I don't even think you need to do this. I thought DA was progressing anyway. I know he could still hit another level, sure. but I thought he was improved. But if, if the thought is we got we to gotta get more out of him for him to be worth $133 million then I guess I could see the path where you're going to try this. You're going to see if you fire him up. He's either going to hit that level and you keep him, or he's going to get so upset he's going to be willing to accept the trade on January 16th. Luke is a smart man. That's all I have is for the he show. Not? I mean, there it is. Right there. That's exactly what I'm no, talking I, about. You know, you got till January 15th. We're going to do this. We've tried everything else to get this guy jacked up. We're going to do this. Ooh. We all have a front row seat. <laughs> Great. Some drama. We haven't had that in a while. What do I read into the fact that right when you finally said Luke is a smart man, Maloney said it's time to break? Yeah, I know. I feel like that was coordinated. Exactly. Week four of Bix Picks talking. is underway. No, because you were saying something nice about me. Text pick to 620-620 to sign up and compete against the Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV, courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620-620 to enter. We come back. It's the key to victory for the Cardinals against the Panthers on Sunday. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Hi, Wolf. I feel like we could do four hours on this uh, Suns conversation, but we're going to switch over to football here. Look, everybody, it's Ann Wilson. Oh, my goodness. What a great voice. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't actually have it, do we? Okay. You, you hate the instrumental rejoins. The rejoins Man, I that, feel that are, so fired up. are made specifically for radio. Wolf hates. Uh, all right. I'm going to switch over to football here, and I'm going to start this conversation with the Cardinals on, on this very just simple, basic, fundamental foundation. Okay, Wolf? From my perspective, yeah. it would be nice to see the Cardinals just go out there and prove that they are better than a team right now. Because if you look around the NFL and everything we've seen the first three weeks, and I have heard this from quite a few Cardinals fans actually as a concern now, there's two teams in the NFL that don't have a win. Like right now, the league is, is fairly even. It's very competitive through the first three weeks. 
There is this fear that if not for that second half magic from Kyler Murray, yeah. the Cardinals are the worst team in the NFL right now. Yeah. I don't know that I agree with that, but at the same time, at a certain point, it's not what your roster looks like. It's what you actually do and, and the results you get. Amen. It would be nice to just see them go out there and beat Carolina convincingly. 14 points, right? You win 31-17. Just win the game. Okay, win the game. Thank you. <laughs> but not on some weird, like, Hail Mary at the end. I mean, I'll take it. But, I mean, just go out there and just be better than another team for four quarters. Yeah, you know, once again, just win the game. Win the game, man. How that happens, I don't know. By hook or by crook, win the game. Somehow find a way to be sitting there at 2-2 two and two when you haven't played good football. Be sitting there at 2-2, two and two, win the game. But how about play good football okay, in well, week four? That'd be great, too. That would make me feel a lot better. That'd be great, too. But once again, have they played good football? No, no, they, no they have not played good football right now. Win the game and not not actually play good football and win the game and you're 2-2? Two and two? I'll take, you know what, go ahead. 1-3 and three and you play great? Uh, no, thanks. No, I'll take 2-2. Two and two I will grant and you that. The, the win is more important than how you look. No doubt about it. Win. I'm just saying to, to kind of... Calm everybody's fears about this team because <laughs> Carolina is about a league average team, aren't they? You can you they uh, are Carolina to me is yeah. like if you are worse than Carolina, you're not making the playoffs. If you're better, you probably make the playoffs. I think you're right on that. Okay, now that's beat Carolina. That's a gross reaction right there. It really is, but uh, I think Luke may be right on that. What do the Arizona Cardinals need to do offensively to win this game? That is the question that I pondered all day yesterday, and it. It became very, very clear immediately, especially what is happening, of course, with the weather and the way that it looks right now. It's a 100% chance of rain all day on Friday in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, It's 90% all day on Saturday. Think about that. When we're talking all day, we're talking buckets of rain. And then it's 70% on Sunday. Well, and it's not like, oh, look, it's raining outside. Let's go dance nuts for like the remnants of a hurricane. Correct. So there's going to be rain. It's going to be rain right now. So they have to run the ball, and they have to run the ball better than the Carolina Panthers' rush defense. This is still going to be about the offense of the Arizona Cardinals and getting it together on the offensive side of the ball. They need to run the ball using physical blocking schemes. That's what they need to do. Not athletic blocking schemes, physical blocking schemes. Like a lot of double teams. Oh, we're going to line up and we're going to do it. They need to run the ball and they need to do it in a physical kind of way. Run the ball in a north-south way. Attack the line of scrimmage in a north-south way. The team that does that the best on Sunday is going to win this game. It feels like, I'm surprised I haven't looked this up yet. I should look up what the over-under on this game is. It feels like the sort of game that whatever the over-under is, at least conventional wisdom would say under, right? Because Carolina plays low-scoring games. They uh, What they were, 26-24 loss in Week 1 to Cleveland, 19-16 to the Giants, loss in Week 2, 22-14 win last uh, week against the New Orleans Saints. There's that. There's the fact that it sounds like A.J. Green is doubtful based on what we're hearing out of practice today. Yeah. So there's another receiver gone for the Cardinals on top of everybody else. And like you just said, Carolina likes to run, and it's going to be raining. Yes. And if, if Carolina doesn't run, it's a three-yard pass to Christian McCaffrey that he then runs. <laughs> right. And once again, um, I'm hopeful, too, that maybe the Arizona Cardinals get Rondell Moore back. Uh, Rondell Moore was actually practicing today. 
from what I understand. I don't even want to talk about it. Is that, okay, that's great. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's fine. But still, hopeful indeed that maybe he gets back here. They need to run the ball. They need physical blocking schemes. The Arizona Cardinals need to run it in a north-south way. And they need to use more tight ends. And I think they were going to do that. They were prepared to do that against the Rams, in my opinion. And I think Cliff should have stuck with that game plan and doing a lot more. 12 personnel. I think he should have stuck with it. And he didn't because they got down. But it wasn't like they were out of it. It was what? 13 to 7 at the half? No, 13 to 6 at halftime. At the half. Because we have the clip of Dave Pash saying it's only 13 to 6 at halftime. 13 to 6 at halftime right there. They need to run the ball, do it in a physical way, and use two tights two wide receivers, and one running back as your five eligible receivers in rundown situation, go to work. Go to work. Put the onus of this victory on your offensive line. Do you know, I believe this in my heart. Nobody's told me this. I I, I believe the offensive line wants to go out and play in a very physical kind of way. They want the responsibility of going out and running the ball and hammering the line of scrimmage. We're going to win or lose based on how you block today. Nobody's told you that, but we, I mean, I was in the, the, the press box with you throughout training camp when we interviewed almost the entire offensive line and they all just kind of looked because you asked all of Correct. them that and they were all, none of them said, look, I don't like pass blocking. It wasn't that. But when you talked about how much you just like blocking to run, how much do you want to run the ball? They all kind of looked at you like, well, yeah. What was it? Kelvin Beecham's one of the headsets Kelvin Beecham took off, his headsets right? off and said, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, I, I, look at Beach I, is the best. We should just have him on the show the every best day. Right there. And once again, you got to put the onus on them. Yeah. Okay. This is what you want. Offensive line. Step up and do it. What are you going to do about it? That's what I want to know. And I'm certainly hoping that going into this game, and it's so interesting, is it not, Basinonians, that here it is. It's it's this horrible weather because of this hurricane, category, category four hurricane right now. Hurricane Ian and the remnants that is going to remain on Sunday after raining all week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all week, basically, weekend, I should say. And now, all of a sudden, this may force the Arizona Cardinals to actually line up and run the ball. And and to me, this is exactly what they need to win this game. But they don't have any receivers left either. The update from practice today, as you alluded to, uh, according, this is from Darren Urban just a couple minutes ago, Cliff said he's hopeful Rondale Moore can give the Cardinals something on Sunday, although it may be limited. And Cliff also said A.J. Green is doubtful with a knee injury. <sighs> wow. So, so the bone bros once again. Um, yeah. Not great. I, I mean, there's just and there's I said this yesterday, as soon as position. I heard about the bone bros, I, you don't see a lot of guys play when somebody uses that kind of terminology. That same week. Yeah. Next it, week, maybe. It was it was encouraging to hear bone bruise <laughs> because right. of how it looked. Right. But just the simple fact I had to say the sentence, it was encouraging to hear bone bruise, tells you how bad it looked. But it wasn't encouraging in the sense that he's going to play this week. This is Cliff uh, yesterday talking about the Panthers. I'm on to Carolina. I know what we've been through um, to this point and, and where it can go. And if we can get to two to two, two and two uh, in the first month, um, despite everything we've had going on, I think it, it'd be... 
put us in a good spot. And um, we want to get better in a hurry. And Carolina's had our numbers. It's going to be a, a tough game. We understand that. But um, that, that's our focus is just continuing to improve. And like I said, trying to uh, play a game where we're not chasing the entire time. Why does Carolina have their number? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I do know Carolina is a physical team. They're a physical team. They are. They go out and they compete on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I want the Arizona Cardinals to run the ball, Cliffy. <laughs> run the ball. Don't get into um, power personnel groups with Kyler under center and then not run the ball. Get into power personnel groups with Kyler under center and run the ball first. Let the defense know, oh, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to line up. We're going to attack the lineup. We're going to run the ball. That's what we're going to do right there. And then use the play action to throw it. Just try it and see what happens. Man, I can't wait for this because I, I think we're going to see it. Well, you've been waiting for it for about five months. So. <laughs> I, you know, actually, about three, no, two years. <laughs> well, for your sake, I hope we see it. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620. Right now, we come back. Changes at the top of the National Football League. Who's the best? The Power Pool is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power Power Pool. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, it is time for the Power Pool Week 4 edition. All right, well, before I give you my number five team, I just want to be clear here. This is what we've seen through three weeks. This is what we expect going forward. This is just a conglomeration of everything. Yes. 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 <laughs> all of those. You have to stress that right there. I'm having a hard time with the number five. Okay, I don't know how much, how much I should put uh, stock into what we've seen. We'll hear. three other teams that I put down as also Rams. Oh, okay. okay, Just good, outside I, of I have, number five. I have two as well. Okay, okay. we'll start with number five. Number five. All right, number five. <laughs> I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. I don't believe in them, but this feels like the weird Tom Brady. Hey, everybody Everybody else takes a step back, and I'm in the Super Bowl somehow against Buffalo or something. So number five, I'm going to have Tampa, admittedly over two teams I like more than them. So I'm already off to a great start. <laughs> okay, um, my number five right now, it is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady, you look different, Tom. It is not the Baltimore Ravens, even though they're just outside. They're they're clawing and scratching their way. It is not the Rams. It is the Green Bay Packers at number five. Green Bay, largely because of their defense, and their defense is really good. This might be the best defense Aaron Rodgers has had to play with for a long, long time. The Green Bay Packers at number five, two and one. Yeah, you might be on to something. They've given up 22 points total in their last two games, and one was against Chicago, but one was against Tampa. And yes, Tampa's beat up, but they still had Brady, and they still had Leonard Fournette, and it's still still the Buccaneers. Green Bay gets New England next, too, and then the Giants, and then the Jets, and then Washington. So I don't think that defense has given up a lot of points uh, anytime soon. All right, on to number four. <laughs> number four. Number four, Wolf, I wanted to put this team in my top five last week. I didn't do it. I was angry at myself the whole time. I have the undefeated Miami Dolphins at number four. Wow. Okay. Number four. 
I can see that. I, I totally understand why you might put him at number four. I put the Kansas City Chiefs at number four. Ooh, okay. Number four, the Kansas City Chiefs, um, their defense is always going to be a question mark to me. It's always going to be a question mark. Yet at the same time, their offense didn't look explosive like what we saw in the first week. Who did they play the in the first season. week? <laughs> right. Oh, wait. Okay. Um, yet I think that's going to come around at some point in time, but... My antenna is up on the Kansas City Chiefs and their offense you know, right now, and that's why they're number four. That's that's a fair point because their offense really didn't look all that good in week two against the Chargers either. Remember, they won that game, but it took a pick six to get them up over 20 points. Uh, they ended up winning 27-24. All right, so you have the Chiefs at number four. Number three. <laughs> number three. Three. Number three is where I have the Philadelphia Eagles, Wolf. Undefeated Philadelphia. Uh, They are a team at the start of the year I thought was a playoff team. Partially, though, because of the division they're in. And I got to say, so far, they've been more impressive than just the division they are in. I am. This is not something you would have expected at the start of the season. I'm really looking forward to Eagles Jaguars this weekend. Like that could be a highly entertaining football game, right there. Yeah, you know my number three, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, nice. Okay. As well, the Philadelphia Eagles number three, of course. One's a point, two's a trend, three is a pattern, as my old coach used to say. Well, the pattern for the Philadelphia Eagles is we're going to let our defense go out and be elite, and their pass defense has been elite, and we're going to let Jalen Hurts go out there and throw the ball. Oh, my goodness, Jalen Hurts. You look good. One's a point, two's a trend, three's a pattern. The Philadelphia Eagles, number three. Now, I guess the pessimist would say they've beaten the Lions, Vikings, and, uh, and Commanders. But I, I said the Philadelphia Eagles, number three. That's, I agreed with you. That was my number three pick, too. Number two. Number two. All right, number two. Now I feel like I have them too high because of what you just said. But you know what? I don't care. I still have the Kansas City Chiefs there. I have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, and whoever they want to put around those three guys. I'll still take them against most teams. Apparently not the Colts in week three, uh, partially because the Chiefs didn't have a kicker for that game. But I have Kansas City at number two. Okay, once again, understand it's a long season. Remember, you were the one who actually set this up beautifully right now. This is just after three games, okay? After three games, it's a long season. And I'm saying all this because I broke my own rule. I've got the Miami Dolphins (laughs) at number two. The Miami Dolphins at number two. Yes, the three and all. I get it, Maloney. Look at Mal. She's in there, command and control with a sour puss. Um, I love a parade. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. I get it. One's a point, two's a trend, three's a pattern. They're three and oh. Tua Tunga Bailoa is on fire. They have the number eight scoring offense in the National Football League right now, largely lining up and throwing the ball like a mad person. Isn't that right, Tyreek Hill? Oh, by the way, didn't they just beat. 
the Buffalo Bills? They did actually beat the Buffalo Bills. Did you say one's a point, two as a trend? Is that what you said? Yeah. Tua or two? Two. Oh, okay. But I should have said Tua. Uh, that was really good You could have right said there. at number Tua you I have the Dolphins, I should have right too. there. You know what? Yeah, all right. Let's redo Do this entire segment. Do your <laughs> dirt bag. At number one. Just a lot of missed opportunity. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was great by Miami on Sunday. And I do believe that's a legit team. But let's not kid ourselves. Buffalo's the best team in the NFL. I don't care if they lose a game. They're still the best team. Right there, they lost. They lost to the number two team. I broke my rule. I've never done this. The Buffalo Bills. (laughs) Yes, I'm from Orchard Park. I get it. But the (laughs) Buffalo Bills, I think, will prove base and audience. They're the number one team in the National Football League. I'm willing to, to to go with the Bills. I'm willing to be in that corner here three weeks into the season. I love a parade. <laughs> the trapping of peace. Oh. I have every beat. I hear of a drum. Right now, we get it. We understand. I love a parade. When I hear a pen, I just want to pen the Somebody give me the baton for the Miami Dolphins. The blare of a horn. I tell you, I think I told Maloney this, that every well, time I'm at an ASU game now and the band walks out on the field, this is the song I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I just see Wolf going, I love, I love a parade. So thanks for ruining that for me. Uh, no, look, Buffalo, it, it's not like they're 0-3. They're 2-1. Half the team was missing. I'm not saying Miami shouldn't have won the game. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm, I'm pretty confident over the course of, of 17 weeks, Buffalo's going to be the Correct. best team. Yeah. That's why they're number one in the power poll. Tasted. Who is South the, Beach. Who were <laughs> the two? I spoken like a true Orchard Parker. Um, who were the teams that you had just missing? Because for me, it was the Rams, Packers, and Ravens. Yeah, you know, that's, I had the Rams, the Ravens, and the Buccaneers. Okay. Those were the guys that I had right outside, man. And I think the Baltimore Ravens, they're the team right now that is knocking on that door. They, uh, they maybe should have been there over Tampa for me. But either way, so we basically, we had the same top seven teams, just in whatever order you want to put them in. Uh, all right, so when we come back, the D-backs... Are they sending a message to Alec Thomas? We'll explain next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Arizona Sports Station. All right, a little bit of a plot twist with the D-backs yesterday. Um, they're, by the way, almost done here. They've got Houston... In Houston tonight, Wolf. Then they got three in San Francisco starting Friday, and then they've got three in Milwaukee Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Baseball season is over a week from today. Well, I believe it. Wow. Well, regular season. Wow. Yeah. yeah, October is coming, isn't it? And we all know what that means. Playoff baseball. October's the best. Can I sports? Can I please somebody give me a ten pitch at bat? Can somebody give me that, man? Honestly. 11, every foul ball you hang on. It's a beautiful thing. It's one of my favorite things to do is to watch playoff You know, baseball. one of the things I like about playoff baseball that makes absolutely no sense, and I can't even explain it to you, so don't ask, is you know it's a big baseball game. You know it's October baseball. You know it's like the World Series when they have the mic in the base, and so somebody slides into the base, and you can like hear the slide. That's how big of a deal it is, and they replay it like 17 different times, and you can see every little grain of sand in the air. The pace of the game actually works for it once you get into the postseason. Yeah. 
Not so much on, like, June 18th, <laughs> right. necessarily. But, okay, so the D-backs, uh, they had gotten the record to 65 and 69 on September 5th. Since then, they are 6 and 15. So it's it's been a rough uh, month of September, rough couple weeks. We are going to talk to their GM, Mike Hazen, next hour. Mixed in there, Wolf, a lot of games against the Dodgers, some games against the Padres, who are desperate for wins, the Giants, the Astros. I mean, it's not an easy schedule here. Alec Thomas, for as great as he has been defensively, they got a crowded outfield. He has seven hits in the month of September. He is seven for 55. Wow. And he got sent down yesterday, which I can't say I necessarily expected. Although when you see it, I mean, it's not like the biggest shock in the history of sports. <laughs> Here's Tori Lovello on with Burns and Gambo yesterday. That was a very difficult decision. We knew that Jake was going to be coming back from the bereavement list. We knew that we had to make a move. And what we've been watching Alex do for the first several weeks of his call up was take the game to the next level and just really go out there and, and achieve. But it has been a grind for him. It has been a little bit of a challenge. I felt like there was starting, he started to show a little bit of a loss in confidence. We were looking to make this decision the right one, and who knows if it's the right one. It's just given all the facts that we were laying on the table, we just felt like it'd be the best thing for him to go down. Yeah, you know, honestly, this is one of those situations that I was also surprised they did it. But man, did I love this! <laughs> I did. Did you see? I, yes! I didn't. I didn't love it. Oh, I loved it, man. I really did because he was struggling. How how many hits did you say? Seven in the month of September. In the month of September right there. That's why I loved it. This is an excellent player. This guy is going to be a building block for the Diamondbacks going forward. This is why I loved it. He was excellent in the field. He was on fire at the dish when he first came up. And although he was still excellent in the field, he was struggling at the plate. In September, in a, seriously, longer than September, he was struggling. Yeah, it's, it's not like he was hitting great in, in August here. So what do you do? Too. You send him down before the end of the season. Send him a little Sicilian message, a little Luca Brasi. Never hurt anybody, especially Godfather? especially a young guy. Yes, Luca Brasi. You watched the offer yet? No. And you should watch the offer. Okay, great. Ten, ten parts really? of making, um, it's the making of The Godfather. Okay, great. But you get my point. I do. This is, this is going to be good. You know what? It's hard. It should be hard, Alec. It is hard. Every young guy making his way has got to understand just how difficult it is and how brittle the situation is until you become entrenched. Yeah, you look at the outfielders that the Diamondbacks have, and let's let's be clear, Alec Thomas is a part of this team's future. You just heard Tori Lovello say right there, maybe the confidence is taking a hit, and maybe they're trying to manage his confidence. So maybe that's part of it. I, I assume Tori is not just coming on the radio and lying for no reason. Uh, but look, the D-backs only have, what did I say, eight games left, seven games left? Reno only actually has one more regular season game. It's today. You send Alec Thomas down... Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I would kind of yeah. like him to just still be here getting at-bats, but the other thing Tory said is you get Jake McCarthy back. Okay, well, there's a left-handed hitting outfielder. You already have Dalton Varsho. Yeah, he throws right, but he's a left-handed hitting outfielder. Uh, Corbin Carroll, left-handed hitting outfielder. I don't think they're playing lefty-righty to that extreme with eight, seven games left in the season, but um, that's something to keep an eye on in the future going forward. Alec is your defensive center fielder of, of all these uh, outfield prospects that you have, but these other guys can field too. Here's the other thing right here, because it is fantastic. It's not only Alec Thomas that they're sending down saying, you know what, hey, listen, buddy, it's it's hard, and it's supposed to be hard. And if you don't, if you don't know that, now you're going to know it. 
right now. It's hard. We're going to send Alec Thomas back down. You tell me he's got one more game. Reno's got one more game. That's it. I'm like, they're doing this for a reason. They are sending him down for a reason. And it's because he's been struggling the way that he has. And you know what it does, Basin Onions? Every other young guy on that roster gets reminded of how difficult it is. It's supposed to be hard. Once again, it's a great reminder never to get lax as a young guy. And I'm not saying Alec Thomas was lax. I'm not saying that's the reason why I, he started that's struggling. That's the thing. He seen when I, that's what stood out to me when this news happened. Just in the times we've talked to him on this show and the times I've heard him interviewed and just everything I've heard about him, he seems like somebody who does not. I know you're not saying that's what he is, but that, that was my first reaction of like, is I don't think he's a guy that is like, oh, I've made it. Here we go. No. He would be like the last on my list of players that would that I would be worried about that. But at the same time, that does send a message to everybody else. Just thinking right now, Alec Thomas, would this leave a bad taste in your mouth? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it would. It would me. And what are you going to do about it? That's the theme for the show. That's the theme for the show. What are you going to do about it? Got sent down. You gonna do anything? You gonna work hard? How's your winner gonna be? Um, yeah, you know what? Why would you send him down this late, right now? I'm trying to do the math on his uh, his last couple weeks. He has one hit since September 9th. Yes. Too. So even if he didn't get sent down, I'm guessing he was going to be that sitting big a little time bit right now. And once again, I love what it does to Dalton Varshow. Love what it does to Corbin Carroll. Love what it does to Jake McCarthy. Love what it does to these young guys the Diamondbacks have on this roster right now. It's a great reminder for everybody. One for 31 over that stretch. That's and Look, guys have slumps, and we, we talked to him the last time we had him on the show. We asked him you know, about the, okay, you came in hitting everything, and then the league adjusted to you. Do you feel like you're adjusting back? And Wolf, he said, and I'm paraphrasing, but he told us, he's like, no, I don't feel like I've adjusted back enough, basically. I thought he was very, not like overly self-critical, but just honest about that. You know, some guys will be like, oh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting. You guys don't understand. I mean, I'm a professional baseball player. Who knows? Um, no, he was, he was very straightforward about it. And then I thought he did actually adjust a little bit at the end of, of, uh, of August. He had a three hit game and he had a four hit game, but in general, his real impact on this team after that initial burst at the plate, has been how amazing he is as a fielder, which he'll be that next year. Yeah. No, you know, I, I'm with you on that. Alec Thomas, I'm so high on Alec Thomas, it's not even funny because we saw, we saw, um, I think it was Mike Hazen who said his floor. <laughs> Remember yeah. that at the time? Yeah. We saw his floor. And I, I agree with him because I think Alec Thomas is only going to get better from this point forward. And this is one of the things you do to make sure a young guy takes that chip off his shoulder and buries it in his heart and goes into that offseason knowing I'm going to work like I've never worked because I don't ever, ever want to be down in Reno again. He's spring training. Get, oh, man, he's going to get the opportunity. You know it. Spring training next year is going to be phenomenal for this team. Like, you can just go ahead and sign me up for some games at Salt River Fields right now. I think the schedule's already out. When you think about, okay, you got Alec Thomas coming yes. back. You know he's he's going to want to be fighting for, for playing time and at-bats. He wouldn't normally have to on most teams with that sort of defensive fielding. They would be like, okay, if nothing else, he's our defensive outfielder. But when you've got Corbin Carroll and you've got Dalton Varshow 
and you've got Jake McCarthy. And you've got, I mean, there's going to be such competition in the outfield position and not this upcoming year because he's hurt and he just got drafted, but Drew Jones is eventually going to enter this conversation a year or two down the line as well. So it's an audition for these other guys right out of spring training to start next season with the D-backs. See, and I'm so glad you said that right there because we were talking about this very thing. It's the competition that I love. Remember when they were rolling? Mm -hmm. The Diamondbacks were rolling and they were creeping near that 500 mark once again and these young kids were contributing. They were going out there and they were playing some baseball. Baseball we have not seen. They were competing with each other for at-bats. They, they were competing with each other, and you already have set it up for spring training and the competition that this team is going to have going into the, the regular season and yeah. who's going to make opening day roster. Are you kidding me? It's just a huge, huge um, area of concern if you're a young guy and, and you're trying to make your way. And you want to make the opening day roster next year. You don't want to be called up. You want to make the roster now all of a sudden you're going to be competing against all these guys. Yeah, well, you, you this is going to make Alec Thomas hungry. You can't afford to fall behind. Those, and I'm those not names, saying he wasn't. Those names I just threw out there. Only Dalton Varsho was on the team out of spring training this year. Jacob McCarthy got called up. Obviously, Corbin Carroll got called up recently. Alec Thomas got called up. If you're one of those guys that doesn't get called up next year, and you're behind those three, and they already start the season at the major league level. That's, I mean, you can get back in the race, but you're going to be significantly behind. You at least want to all be on the team out of spring training. Yeah, there's work, and then there's work. All right, we come back. Just how concerned should we be with this relationship or lack of communication between Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton? We're going to ask our own son's insider, Kellen Olson. He'll join us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.